Just for a second, (laughs) just to see how it feels. (laughs) We're going to, can you just suspend my membership indefinitely, please? That's called quitting. Right. (laughs) Just call it what it is. You're a quitter. Quitter. I'm a quitter. You're a quitter. So I got got a new one for you. You ready for this? (laughs) Anticipation. It's killing me. Hello, my fellow biz Patagonians. (laughs) Biznizzles, biz Bottolonians, bizonites, the Byzantines, biz Bodines, biz Bodines, biz Bodines, close to the free. (laughs) Okay, biz Bombardiers, biz the biz Bombardiers, yeah, yeah, biz Bombers. Right. I like the Biz Bombers. What up, Biz Bombers? Bombs over Baghdad. Biz Bomberitos. <laughs> <laughs> Pete would appreciate that. Exactly. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Biz Body, the podcast for health and wellness practitioners about running a sustainable and successful business that helps people. I am your host, Keith Shimon, and with me is Brandon Miller. As always, better half. Better half. The, the only half. Right. Well, here, anyway, right? The, work the, the, wife. The, the work wife. <laughs> work wife. Who's the wife? Why is, why is being a work, work wife? Like, I, that, that makes me the person that puts everything together then, right? Mm-hmm. No, okay. Make sure that you guys go up to bizbody.net and sign up for the newsletter. There's just no reason not to. And then from there, go to iTunes and give us a five-star review and leave us a positive comment. and helps others find the podcast. So, you know, we want everyone to make sure that they know who Brandon is. We do? <laughs> That's part of the allure, is not knowing who I am. He's, he's all smoke and mirrors. Right. Okay, guys. So this podcast that Brandon and I have been making is the exact resource that, wish, that we wish that we had starting out. So please make sure, if you like it, share it. Um, go to iTunes. Do the review, please. It helps other people find the podcast that could desperately use a resource that can help them start out their business and their practice. So if there is a professional that you would like us to interview or a topic that you'd like us to cover, just send us a personal message on Facebook or subscribe to the newsletter. That's a great way to reach us. So today we're going to go over the sales process. I know. We're going to talk about our sales process, and this is why it's so important that you go over who you want to work with, which was the episode before. And this goes directly into how you're going to reach those people, find out what their needs are, and find out if what you do matches their needs to elicit an actual transaction, which would be your sale. Cha-ching. So from here, um, we're all used to we're all used to being sold to and what we don't like about a sales process. And most people, when I first started out in this field, I hated the idea of selling, even though what we're doing all the time is selling if we're coaching. So you're selling an idea, you're asking people to do things for you, um, and in return, they get a benefit, right? They get some sort of benefit. So that is the exact same thing that we're doing in our process, and we're making sure that we find out if what they need is exactly what we provide and then showing them how we provide it. From there, we're trying to get as far away from anything that seems salesy as possible, number one. Even though it is sales. <laughs> I mean, let's let's be honest, all right? Like, I think when people talk about sales, the first thing that pops in most people's heads are the used car salesman, right? The guy that's pe- pestering you, hounding you, tell you anything you want to hear, just buy the car, just buy the car, <laughs> right? That's, you know. Don't get the underprotected. But let's be car. honest, everything you do, whether you consider yourself a salesperson or not, is sales. Like, if you're a nurse, you're in sales to an extent, right? You have to sell your patients on the course of treatment or allowing you to do your job while that person or that patient is in the hospital, right? If you're in the service industry, even if you're not selling, you're still servicing a client, which in all actuality leads back to a sale. So, you know, you're always constantly selling something, whether that's a product, a service, or just yourself, right? Oh, completely, Um, completely. So I, I think that's where the, you know, 
the direction that we have tried to take things with well, our I mean, company. It, it's and a our, process, you know. Right. And I think what 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 all comes back to is if you have a sales process, then you feel more comfortable. It makes the person that's coming in feel more comfortable because you know what's happening next. And people, even though um, they don't like to be sold to, what they do like is something to flow. Put it this way. Um, they like the flow of a process without knowing that they're in a process. That's the whole truth of what sales is. And if you don't have a sales process, you're probably going to be looking for the next thing to do in the alignment of how do I how do I find this person's needs? Like when do we talk about money? When do we talk about their problems? When do we talk about if how or what I do showing my stuff is is going to meet or exceed those the expectations of those problems if I can help and then if not does it match up with the value of what they believe you can provide is and if you don't have a dedicated salesperson in your company or your business then that means that somebody within the company or multiple people within the company have to be able to sell right so at the end of the day you know, if you're that person, if you're the business owner and you're the guy or the woman that's going out and um, selling your service, selling your products, selling whatever it is that that you do, are you the only one that can go out and do it? Or have you put a process together where even the people that maybe aren't natural sales per- people or salespersons um, are able to follow somewhat of a process in order to allow you as the individual that's doing the majority of the sale outside sales or inside sales to be able to actually take a step back and have other people step in and help. You know, I think that, uh, you know, some people are natural, naturally good at being able to talk to people and, and sell people, right? Other people, that's not a natural type of thing. I was terrible at talking with people in general. Like I felt my my communication skills was, was were still. I'm still stumbling over my words, right? But in order for me to get better at communicating, hell, I went door to door selling study guides because I thought it'd be terrifying and it'd get me over my inability to be able to sell something or communicate to someone because I knew that skill would be something that I would need later in life. But it was one of the most terrifying things I've ever done. Right. So I think, you know, the idea that, you know, even, you know, as we've gone through this process, we've evolved in like how, how it is that, you know, we definitely have different, um, I'd say approaches, ideas on how we used to sell, um, and how we used to bring a client in and talk with that client to where now we actually have a system that we use that then that system can be taught to other individuals within our organization so that it's not put on yours and my shoulders all the time. And I feel like if that if that person goes to somebody else, we're not going to lose that client because they can't talk or they can't communicate with people as well as you or I do. Yeah. And I think that's a huge thing like to be able to have because, again, like not everybody's going to naturally be good at sales. It's just like it's a skill that, you know, if you don't hone and you don't work at – you're not going to get any better at. And most people, you know, let's be honest, they didn't get into the healthcare field usually because they enjoy selling stuff. They they enjoy working with people. They enjoy helping people. The sales part was never something that they thought that they were going to be responsible for. Like how many people have we had come in here, whether it be internship-wise or looking for a job, that wanting nothing to do with selling themselves, wanted nothing to do with selling their service. They wanted us to provide them with everything they needed, which, okay, if that's the way it's going to be, like, here's the cut that I'm going to have to take because of that, right? Because that's time out of my schedule. So I think that's where, you know, we came up with this idea of like, we got to have some sort of process, like something that is repeatable, something that we can teach, something that, you know, the worst salesperson out there could at least follow and do a halfway decent job of. I think you hit the nail on the head when you talked about the idea that if you can't sell yourself, right, if you can't put yourself in the position to be able to 
onboard new clients and or close a sale and exchange money that way or if you feel like that is like you don't you're not going to do the marketing or you're not going to have new people come in that you're going to introduce to your place so that they want to work with you or you know that they're a great fit and that you can provide them that service and you can communicate to that to them to start the relationship. That's what sales are. And if you can't do that and you have to rely on other people to do that, you should expect to pay them to be able to do that service for you. So right. if you if you think that that in itself isn't isn't valuable, like you better think again on how you're gonna have anyone come into your practice and also who's going to take care of the exchange of money because if you're afraid of money you're afraid of value then why are you worth what you're asking for right and i think you know from our perspective too you know having a process eventually allows us to kind of step away from the business as much where if we want to go to different places and take a some time off to do podcasts all over the country and meet with some of our friends and like do that. Like I got to have somebody back in the home office who if somebody walks through the door, they don't let them walk out without and like, you know what to do explaining to them like what the <laughs> hell we do. So they don't leave. Right. It's like, hey, how's it's it like, going? It's like, see you later. <laughs> exactly. You know, and I think like, because, you know, when we first started this, the idea was like, Oh, what do we, what kind of name do we do? What kind of, you know, what are we going to call ourselves? Well, you know, ultimately we wanted to make it to where this facility and the the atmosphere that we create is something that people don't come here for Keith. People don't come here for Brandon. They come here for body activation. They come here because they know no matter who's with them, they're going to get service to the highest level. And it doesn't matter whose name tag is across their chest when they're working with them, right? Yeah, completely. If that was the case, we would have named it. Brandon and Keith, fingers inside you, right? Like <laughs> the, might, the, that's an inside joke, by the way. But that's, uh, that's what you always want to name a body working place. Exactly. I mean, could you imagine why driving the, down why the, the street here? Why, driving why down the, the street with with a banner that said "Brandon and Keith, fingers inside you, manual therapy." Come in, <laughs> especially if it didn't have the manual therapy below manual it. Therapy. <laughs> These guys are doing so well. Right. I, don't, I don't know why. People beating down the door, right? <laughs> but no, I think that's a, that's the idea is, you know, like we wanted to really build a, a facility in a place where, you know, we were interchangeable, where yeah. the parts were interchangeable. It was the system that we created, the ideas that we created that allowed for people to, you know, get serviced really well, to, to get better, to feel great. Um, that way, you know, if you or myself ever wanted to take a vacation, we could, yeah. you know. Yeah, and, I think like to, to add to that, it was so important that we figured where to start that we actually took the same course, you know, at two different times, you know, and I want to just talk about that just real briefly. Um, it's exerciseproed.com. A guy named Greg Mack put together a specific client intake process, which we still use a lot of that outline today. So we're very grateful to have taken and found that course. Um, but it's also a collection of um, other webinars and other books that also help with um, different points of uh, different client touch points that makes up what we call our sales funnel. And really talking about that, each one of those steps briefly, so that you have at least an idea of our model, which isn't necessarily going to be your model. Right. And I think, you know, the big thing is when we first started, we had no idea no anchor. about half of this stuff, like our, our marketing and sales funnel consisted of going out and talking to people and handing out business cards and, <laughs> you know, like trying to our get website. in website, right. Our, our website. website that was garbage that <laughs> nobody so ever, <laughs> nobody ever went to. And well, it's like, it was practitioners that went to it. Right. You know, it was like, and it was funny cause like we barely knew how to track anything, but all of our friends went to it. Like, yes, like our friends are looking at the site, which None of our friends get worked on by us. Right. They're, 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 most of them don't even live in Wisconsin. <laughs> it's like, yay, everyone it's like your website's awesome. looking at us. <laughs> what do you guys do? Oh, oh well, that, that didn't answer that question now, did it? Right. <laughs> so, I mean, we had no clue what the hell we were doing outside of what we were naturally just good at, right? So we were able to wing it long enough to actually start to figure some of this stuff out. That, you know, once we went through Greg's course, it really started to put 
more of a structure together and mm-hmm. gave us an outline in order to follow. Now, you know, we've tweaked some stuff um, through that process that is a little more applicable to us and what we deem important and also like some of the things that we struggle with. So I think like over over time, like this has definitely evolved for us. Yeah. Um, so like you said, it's not, this isn't a bulletproof system in the sense that you can just plug and chug. Like there are going to be aspects of your business that are going to be very different that you're going to have to make some tweaks to. But this is a good place to start because well, like yeah. I said, we, we didn't even know this existed. Well, on top of that, you know, you talked about before is that we are trying to align ourselves with lifelong clients. You know, we're trying to build and forge those relationships. So unlike other businesses, which maybe require one transaction, right, or two transactions, we have multiple transaction points where we're trying to provide value for people and get feedback to understand whether or not they're in alignment with what we're looking to provide for them and if they're on board with it. Because we're always on the side of no. Like we want to make sure the work that we're putting in is matching the output and work that that they're getting out of it and that they're putting into it as well to get a certain um, a certain result, right? right? And that's what our sales process is trying to flush out for us. Right. And I think the big thing, like he said, is, you know, what does he mean by searching for the no? All that means is we're making sure that when that client decides to move forward, yes or no, that they're fully informed with about what they're getting themselves into we're in full alignment with how the process is going to work. And at that given point, they've decided they're all in. They're not half in. They're not one foot in, one foot out. They're either all in or they're all out. There is no halvesies. We're, we're not going halvesies, not halvesies. <laughs> on anything. You like, win, I win. If you're, if, I tell clients all the time, like when we meet, if you have any inclination that this is not the right process for you and you've got one foot in the door and one foot out, I'm not the guy that's going to give you the hand to pull you through the door mm-hmm. to show you the light. I'm going to be the one sticking my size 12 boot in your butt and shoving you out the door <laughs> because I also know that there's a good likelihood if I if I convince you that this is the place to be, you're not going to be here long. Like mm-hmm. you're not fully invested. You're not fully on board. So the first bad experience or the first negative experience you have, you're gone. Mm-hmm. And I know that's going to be a reflection on me, not on you. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, where this really started to come, you know, together for me, and I know like, you know, as we've tweaked these things has been, you know, that idea of, is this person a good fit yep. or are they not? Yep. Yep. And that's the overriding issue here. It has nothing to do with money. I don't care if that person's willing to write me a blank check if I know in my heart, based on the conversation that we've had, that this is not a good fit for our business, I don't take them on. You know, And sometimes that's a tough thing when you don't have a lot of clients. And as you acquire more, obviously, it becomes easier to say no You know, as the practitioner. But it should be a yes, yes. It shouldn't be something where you know that, that comes back to that whole used car salesman. You shouldn't be the one selling yourself or selling your service as a hard sell to the client that's sitting across the table from you. Mm -hmm. Like that person, your job is to listen. Your job is to listen to what this person has to say, what their needs are, what their fears are. And then your part in that is not only listening, but then giving them something that, okay, here's your problem. Here's my idea of a solution to that problem. Do those things match? And if they don't, if they're looking for something you don't provide, you can't allow that transaction to happen. Yeah. It's just, it's it can't happen. Yeah. Everyone's going to be upset. All the expectations are going to be blown up and you're never going to be able to meet or exceed those expectations. And what they're looking for is not going to be what you provide and everything's going to fall apart. And right. so just to put an overview together, um, we have six different points of which some of these have their own show attri- like attributed to them because they are, we want to go into greater detail, like um, especially our website funnel. So number one, we have a website funnel. Number two, we have specific emails that get sent out, whether it's from autoresponder or um, template emails that we put out, um, different phone calls when we have certain things that happen with certain phone calls. Then we have our consultation, interview, and tour process 
uh, number four. Number five, we have our evaluation um, report of findings and our starter session slash package uh, scenario that we have as well. And then overall, we want to talk about customer touch points and what happens each step of the way and why looking at the grand scheme or the satellite view of everything can um, help you dial in each one of those client touch points to make sure it's appropriate for that situation. So first of all, we're just going to briefly go over um, our website. And um, like we're going to touch upon these pretty quick because some of these, like I said, are going to have their own show website. We're going to have their own show um, emails. We're going to have our own show. Um, but when we talk about tours and consultation, we're going to talk in the specifics of how we go into that because it's kind of the meat of what it is that we do. So um, briefly, the website, number one, we use Squarespace for um, for our website and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that for the website episode. But between Wix, uh, Squarespace, there's a couple of free um, free website tools that you can use. If you're a soft tissue practitioner, you can even get a free website that doesn't even have any uh, co-branding on it. So make it as simple as possible. Have if it if it's just one page about you, make sure it's easy for someone to navigate. That they know what it is that you're about. That the pictures on the website are either of you or happy people that the people can relate to, and then make sure that they can contact you. And it's really easy to contact you, like number at the top, um, a contact page that directly pulls up an email to you. Any way to facilitate a conversation, you don't need to have anything super, super fancy like, hey, here is uh, the top 10 reasons for whatever to sign up for my email list, right? Like you don't need any of that. You just need someone to be able to contact you and something simple to start. Because right. we went way too complex with blogs and videos and all this other kind of stuff, and it wasn't necessary. No, it was, and it was mind numbing, like all the different things. And it's like, you know, when you're first starting out, you just need the bare minimum. How do people get a hold of you? What do you do? What you know? When can we set up a time? Like, mm -hmm. it should be super, super simple. And then as you evolve as a company, you can get a little more complex, but. You know, you can spend thousands upon thousands of dollars like on a website that literally brings you no traffic. Yeah. And it can be extremely frustrating. And, you know, like this has been a huge learning process. And I'll be honest, like, you know, this has been something that like Keith has kind of taken, you know, the reins of and he spent hours and hours um working our website I mean, and getting I've been, to the I've been point working where, on our website for over seven years. Right. And in how this is now going to feed into what we're going to be doing for our first advertising campaign, which we will cover on this show, is how we're going to be using pass fail, pass fail, pass fail. Brandon's work with social media and how we're simplifying our social media in order to then get people onto a specific funnel so that they can contact us. Because the whole point of this is to have face-to-face -face contact with people to make sure that, you're con that the people that are contacting you are the people that you want to have calling you and then funnel that towards building a connection and trust. Like, right. And it, it all leads into how are you getting your leads? Mm -hmm. Are you are you getting leads from your website? Are you getting leads from other clients? Are you getting leads from other practitioners? Where are your leads coming from? And then once they come, do you have funnels set up in order to bring those people through the door, right? So that's where the whole idea of like, you know, what do you, then once somebody calls, what does your process look like? Yep. How do you yep. get them from phone call to door, door consultation, if that's what you do, consultation into whatever direction it needs to go? Well, I mean, we, we are... Usually, some sort of electronic, um, electronic conversation at first, which then leads to a phone call, which then leads to a face-to-face, -face, which then can lead to our our evaluation process because our consult and tour is a part of our first face-to-face. -face. And so, as we're doing that, we have to make sure that each part has a specific feel, especially our calls. We want to make sure that our, our phone calls last no longer than 15 minutes because the whole point of our consult is to be able to listen to people. Right. And, and, and if, you, if you 
are only trying to do that over the phone, I feel like you're not building a strong connection to me personally so that you're investing in the time to ask the right questions at the right time and people are preparing for meeting in person so you can communicate effectively. Well, here's something just to keep in mind, right? So if you're an individual that right now when people get a hold of you, you're calling them back and you're letting them explain their whole medical history to you or explain their situation to you over a 60-minute conversation, then you're never potentially getting a chance to even offer a solution to their problem, right? They have really no skin in the game outside of the fact that they dialed your phone number. They were able to attain all the information that they wanted from you, wasted an hour of your time, and then still never stepped a single foot in your facility. Yeah. So the idea behind the, f- the phone conversations for us is let's qualify the potential client, let's make sure that it's a proper fit, and then if I feel like you know this is going to be worth an hour of my time potentially, here's the deal. I'll give you an hour of my time, you give me an hour of your time. There is no, I'm going to take an hour of your time on the telephone and get and me as the practitioner get nothing potentially in return. You know, and there's like, some people that also make sure that you pay for consults too, which, which is another thing as well. It's like you can do whatever you want with that. It, sometimes people paying for the consult actually makes it more valuable in their eyes as well, as long, along with you getting paid for it. But you know, when it comes back down to what you were talking about, I like the, you know, your time is as valuable as my time. Let's get somewhere together. Right. And when when are most practitioners making their phone calls? In the evening, right? Like when they're done with the day. Well, mm. I don't want to spend the limited evening time that I have with my family talking on the phone to somebody I don't even know. Yeah. Like, so I want to make sure when I'm making my phone calls on my way home at night, like I'm done yeah, you're by quali- the time you're, just, you're, you're qualified. By the time them. I get home, yeah. like I don't want to be walking through my front door talking on the phone while my wife's like, Hey, how's your day? You know, my, you know, my baby girl's sitting there, like wanting me to pick her up and hold her. Like, I want to be done. Yeah. Like, I'm going to call you. We're going to talk for a few minutes. I'm going to, I'm going to decide whether or not you're worth, you know, the hour of time that I would allot. But then again, you have to make a decision. Do you really want my expertise? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's so if that's the case, you're going to have to schedule out some time to do so. Yeah. And I just feel like since we've done that, you get people that are more qualified, that are more potential clients that walk through your door than spending an hour letting somebody talk your ear off to then just say, oh, you know what, like, actually, this might not be for me. Oh, completely. And so, so like the way that the phone call goes, just so you have an, like an idea, uh, kind of a role play of, of what ends up happening, it's people usually call up because they got some sort of problem with us, you know, not with, with us. Yeah. <laughs> they got a problem. I got, I got a, a problem, problem with you. With you. Keith. <laughs> they have a problem with their body and they, they want help because they're either in pain or something's not functioning the way they want it to function. So then they start talking about their problem. And if that conversation on that, well, it's usually pretty one-sided. Uh, goes on for longer than five minutes. I'm like, whoa, whoa, can um, can can just pause for one second? I'm like, this conversation is usually what we do face to face. And I'm sorry, but I want to give this problem the type of attention it deserves. And if you can do that, that's why we have a face to face consult for free with the people that we potentially want to work with. Is that right. something you'd like to do? And then all of a sudden, it throws the ball back in their court. And then overall, it's like, I have some time on these times for this week. And mention two times. And if they can't do it, look for the next week. Right. right? So all of a sudden, you control the flow of that conversation. And on top of that, you let them know that you just don't have all the time in the world to be able to book stuff out, but there are specific times that are for this type of transaction of information. Right. And I think, you know, the idea of making, you know, the onus kind of back on the potential client of how important is this to you? You know, and I think that's the big thing is you're going to find out real quick, how important is this issue? If it's important, they'll make the time. Yeah. If it ain't that important, 
Not a big deal. There's no value. They won't make the time and there's no value. So why the hell do you want to waste your time with somebody like that? Yeah, because you're going to spend your time on it as well. And that's why people pay you for that time and expertise and that value. So if there is no reason to go forward, why are you spending an hour just trying to what beg someone to, to start working with you? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. If there is a need and you're finding that need, people are going to come in for that conversation, and now it's time to uncover why people are there. Yeah, and here's the here's the other thing to think about. Um, if you're a physical therapist, if you're a chiropractor, if you're a massage therapist, um, how many of those people are located within a five-mile radius of you? Yeah. If that person's calling you, how many other people have they called prior to that phone call? That's, and how many other people's time have they wasted to try to figure out what the best fit for them is, oh, right? Completely. Yep. So, you know, putting the putting the ball back in somebody's you know court that's basically shopping you, yep. gets them to commit one way or another. Like if it's important and they think that you potentially could help them, they'll take the time. Yep. If not, they'll say, you know what, I don't think this is for me, and they'll call the next person on their list because that person may spend the next hour listening to them, yeah, or that person may spend the next forty five minutes trying to sell them into coming in and, you know, doing, going through their process. We're not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Well, I think it's, I think it's really interesting to me, the idea that no matter what you're doing, right, whether you're going to any type of specialist, Cairo, massage, orthopedic, whatever, it's really on faith. I mean, it really is on faith. And the connection that you're building with somebody, I mean, you could be the worst practitioner in the world and you build a connection with someone and they're probably going to use you, right? They're probably going to use your services because you know how to make a connection with that person. It's even better when you know what you're talking about and that you can provide them with some results. Because I mean, how many times do you see people just going along with a practitioner and they haven't achieved results for a year, two years, three years. But they like them. But they like them and they don't want to leave them because they're like, well, this person has a family. I'm like, well, what does their family have to do with the fact that your hip doesn't work and like you can't walk? Like I get the fact, I mean, you could just give them money. Like right. you could just hand them, hand them over. I mean, I have a couple clients that are, that are still on the fence with that. And I'm like, you know, either help that individual grow so that they are treating you better so that we can progress or you're going to have to have a conversation. Cut them loose. Yep. And and that's on me too for not bringing that forth right off the bat. So it's not like I'm the uh, like I'm uh, you're the bad guy. Exempt from this cuz it's just as hard for me as anybody else to to present that. So I'm not perfect. Right. But I you know, I think, you know, just wrapping the the phone call thing up, you know, don't spend an inordinate amount of time on the phone like Call the person back, get you know, qualify them, see if they're a potential good candidate for what it is that you do, and try to schedule a time where they come into your facility and get off the phone. Yep. Don't be on the phone forever. But you know that if you've never done that, that's tough. Like it's a tough transition to say, you know, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Like I, I know that you want to tell me everything that's going on with you. But that's why we have a, a face-to-face consult, so I yep. can get to know you a little better. I can also get to know your medical history a little bit better, which may be you know, contributing factors to the way you're currently feeling. And I just don't have that kind of time to give you right now. So let's, you know, let's set up a time where yep. we both have the available time to make sure that we get through everything, right? Yep, like you actually care about listening to them. Exactly. And I think like, you know, that can be a really tough thing when somebody's like verbally just puking all over you, <laughs> like to actually, you know, interrupt and say, here, I've got a doggy bag. Shut up for a minute and let me, re- you know, like, let me turn this conversation back. Yep. But you got to take control of that conversation. That's your job as a professional. Right. So that you're not wasting your time and time maybe of your family you know, taking time away from something you'd rather do just so somebody can either shop you, can tell you all their problems and then never come in, or just flat out just waste your time. Well, I mean, why, why is your time not valuable? Like, right. why, why is it that you have to give your time to everyone else except the people that you love and care about or even yourself? Like, that is messed up. 
That's right. just plain messed up. And that's the way a lot of people are in this field because they want to help people so bad to a fault that they're compromising their own well-being and their own time and their own lives in order to help other people that may not even may not even join, like may not even want your help. Like that's that's really messed up. Right. Totally. Totally. So going on from there, we're going to talk about um, our tour consultation and interview process. If you want to know more about this, like I said before, um, go over to exerciseproed.com. A guy named Greg Mack put together a course just for professionals that work primarily one-on-one with people in order to have long-lasting and sustaining relationships with their clients, I highly recommend that you check out his course because it really has changed changed our practice. And we don't do it verbatim, but we do not skip steps in our sales process still right now in, um, in our consult because of this methodology. So we're just going to rattle off the different points, and then we're going to go into just a couple tidbits into this. So number one, we make the connection with, um, if when people come in to our face to face, we make a connection with a little bit of small talk right after the connection. Number two, we establish upfront contracts and your upfront contracts are going to be what you expect of that scenario. We have very specific upfront contracts, which I will not go into here, but you have to understand what rules you feel you feel are important to the people that are walking in your door. And just giving a quick example, that something could be like, "Hey, I've allotted sixty minutes for this consultation. Is that okay with you? You know, um, is it okay that we don't use utilize cell phones?" during this time. Like those are upfront contracts. Like And removing the I want to think it over kind of stuff. Right. And you you can talk about like, you know, oh, at the end, you know, we're going to talk about this whole money thing and I'm a little I get a little nervous like hopefully you can help me through that, you know. Yeah. You can do all those things. The upfront contracts are nothing more than you establishing what's going to happen yep. over the next hour yep. and making sure that that person is still on board with how this process is going to flow. That way they're not caught off guard. You're not caught off guard. If they get a phone call in the middle of that that consultation and get up and walk out of your office, you've already established that ain't going to happen. So if it does, adios. Like, we're done here. You're not a a good client for me because you don't respect my time. Mm -hmm. And you've stated that up front. So there shouldn't be any surprise when that person comes back into your office after the phone call and you have his stuff ready to go. Well, all these contracts, too, or these verbal contracts should be stated prior to them coming in and then reiterated when, once, they get w- once they get there. So it's like, you know, hopefully you've allotted 20 or you've allotted an hour of time. Like, I make sure I turn it off my cell phone. If you have to be anywhere, we can reschedule. Um, hopefully that you guys understand by the end of this, we're going to either say, like, this is for me or not for me. If you are going to say, like, I want to think it over, I'm just going to take that as a no because that's okay. Because most of the time, people that say I want to think it over really want to say no. And I don't want you to think that you're going to hurt my feelings because you're not because it's okay. In order for this to work, it's a yes for you and it's a yes for me. And we're also going to talk about money, you know, and I'm not really the best at talking about money. So I might get kind of, kind of red in the face when we talk about money. And so, like you said, hopefully you can, you can help me through that, but like, hopefully you brought some form of payment today because the consult is free, but if you want to move forward, we ask for payment up front for if we're going to go and do the next part of this. Right. And, and all of our upfront contracts, like he said, are in an email that's sent out prior to the appointment, just confirming the appointment, the appointment, you know, the email has like our, our address, the time, you know, the consultation date and time, you know, map. And then also the upfront contract that, you know, we, we have discussed that we feel are the things that we require or need to require in order for somebody to take an hour of our time. So part of, you know, our upfront contract not only happens during the consult, but happens in an email prior. So, People shouldn't be caught off guard. People shouldn't be caught off guard when I say, you know, we're going to talk about money at the end. Hope you brought a, a form of payment because in order to move forward, you know, which our next phase would be if there's a yes, yes, the evaluation process. In order to book that process, you have to have payment. Yep. Like we don't book evaluations without payment. Yep. So um, if somebody does forget payment, 
then they have to come back in and bring payment in before I'll book that yep. that evaluation. You want the time? You have to you have yeah. to pay for it. I don't know you. You haven't earned that trust yet. So yep. you're not going to take another hour of my time without me having some sort of payment on file. And the next step that we have, um, honestly, it takes about seventy percent of the entire um, consult is basically uncovering the pain, the reason that they're there. And when I say uncover the pain, I mean making sure that you're asking the right type of questions for them so that you can mirror them, understand where they're coming from, find a physical pain that is tied to an emotional pain for them to actually take action. And that is everything that building relationships is about. So you can relate to the type of psychological pain that's associated to this physical pain, even if you can help that. Right. Because that might be something that's completely out of the realm of, or the out of the scope of your practice. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be real good to find out in the consultation if that's the case versus spending time with an individual that you think you can help, but you can't help. Yeah. And then that person gets frustrated because you haven't you know, met their expectations. You haven't met their expectations. So now they quit and you have a client walking around telling people that the things that you do don't work. Yeah. Right. And I think that's where, again, really defining and understanding what you do and the person that you want to work with really comes into, into play so that you don't get yourself into situations that you have a hard time getting yourself out of. And, oh, it just and like, what's, what's yeah. the whole adage of, you know, like great service or, you know, if you get exemplary service, that person might tell one person, you do a shit job with somebody and they have a really bad experience. They're going to tell what, 20? Is that yeah. the, like, it's like usually, 10 to 20 people? Usually the rule yeah. of thumb. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you don't want that one person going out and telling 20 more or 10 more people that, oh, I went to that body activation place and, yeah, they they said that they were going to do this and it it didn't get any better and actually well, I feel worse. That's one of the names one of the reasons that we named it what what we named it. We didn't name it body take all your pain away place. It's body activation because we look for muscular weakness and what we try to do is strengthen people. And if you feel better from it, that's our intention, right? It's not like we're not a pain relief place. And no. even though I'm a licensed body worker, I still don't know if I totally buy the fact that my hands can take away your pain. Like, I, I don't know if I, if I totally believe that, but I just it, heard you say something like that this morning though. <laughs> my, no, my hands take away all your pain. And that's, that's when I'm choking somebody. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's correct. So like the idea of understanding during that consult, the, the, uh, the fit, you have to make sure that it's a perfect fit for what it is that you do. Because if you can be a person that say that, so that says I can take all your pain away and you can come through with it. Awesome. Right. I don't believe like I have that capability. I do have the capability of finding potential weaknesses and then making you stronger. I can promise that you're going to get stronger or at least not lose strength when you're in our facility. Like that's all I can really promise. And if you're cool with that and you want to go on that journey and you want to go on that practice with with me, awesome. If you don't, you're probably in the wrong place. Right. So then the decision comes down to after you've heard everything they have to say, they've heard everything you have to say, you know, are they on board? Yes or no. Mm-hmm. And if that's a if that's a yes, then you have to be honest with yourself and say, is this honestly a person that I can help? Mm-hmm. Is this with, fall with within the scope of what I do? And have we agreed upon the terms of how I'm going to help you? Right. Yep. Yep. And if that's a yes, we have a yes, yes. That means we get to move forward in our process. That moving forward constitutes an evaluation. Right. If either one of those parties is a no, whether it's the potential client that's like, you know what, this just isn't for me. As the practitioner, it's not my job to change your mind. Like if somebody tells me no or they don't feel like this is the right process for them, there is no chance that I'm trying to turn their their mind around because they've made it up. That's where the whole used car salesman comes in. That's a shake your hand, good luck. If I can help you in any way in the future, just let me know, right? Because mm-hmm. now you know what I do, right? If they say yes, they're on board, but you don't have a good feeling about what it is that you guys talked about and 
have agreed upon. So they can say, Brandon, I'm all in. And I'm still on the fence because I still think their expectations of what I do isn't in alignment with what I actually do. Mm -hmm. I might reiterate a few things. And if I don't get the answers that I'm looking for, I might say, you know what? I appreciate you taking your time. I just don't feel at this point that I can help you based on X, Y, and Z. Or you can refer them to a place where you think that they could get help, right? You know, which would be even better. The fact that, like, you they know that you have their best interest in mind, and that they know what you do. So if they're ready for it at one point down the road, that's your marketing, exactly. And I think you know, if we come to that yes, yes, then I feel pretty confident moving forward that. Ev- I'm on the same page with them. They're on the same page with us. Like, here's here's the following steps which are going to happen, right? So up until that point, they have an hour invested in you. You have an hour invested in them. They decide, yes, yes, you know, we want to move forward. Okay, our next step is an evaluation. Now, mm. that might not be the same for everybody. Um, this is just our process. And like we said before, you can tweak this any way you want. Our next step is the evaluation. At that consultation, when we decide yes, yes, if you want to schedule that evaluation, we take payment. So that's where that whole money conversation comes in, where we're not selling a package, we're not selling sessions, we're selling an evaluation. You're going to purchase time for me to get an initial assessment on you. Why don't we sell packages? Why don't we sell sessions during that time? Because up until that point, I don't know how many sessions, I don't know how many months, I don't know how many years it's going to require in order for me to get you where you want to be and you, until it, I have some initial numbers some, to work Some information. Off. And in like your practice, you may already have an idea of like what a standard person may take. So we don't in ours because we, we take an account of a bunch of different variables, which then makes things a little bit more tricky for us. Um, just really quick before uh, we move on to the evaluation, I just wanted to, to make a couple of quick points. No points. Uh, so just again, the order is um, for the evaluation or our, for our tours and our consultations, we uh, first make the connection Two, we establish our rules, our upfront rules, um, our upfront contracts. Three, we uncover the pain. Four, we talk about money. Five, we make a decision or we basically determine our decision process, whether this is for us or not for us. And then we present the stuff that we do, um, basically giving them an example. So that is probably the smallest amount of time. And then from there, if they say yes, we talk about sealing the sale, which means, hey, guess what? We're both going to have to do a bunch of work to make this thing happen. Um, I I want to know I'm really excited about starting this this process with you. So they know it's a process. They know it's not right away. And then as we go for the evaluation that Brandon was talking about, they already know it's not going to take one or two times to make this thing happen because you're setting yourself up for a long-term relationship with a client from the start. And one real quick point that I'll point out that drastically changed um, in my consultations as I went through this process is the idea that you need to shut up during the consultation. Yeah. Like that consultation. That's a practitioner, not right, the person that's coming that, in. That consultation is about the potential client. Mm-hmm. The potential client should be doing 90% of the talking. You should be doing 10. Whereas You should have good questions. Before, before I went through this process and really understood how this went, it was probably the opposite. It was probably I was talking ninety percent of the time. They were talking ten after they <sighs> after they told me the initial over them. you know problem they were dealing with. Oh, that problem? Oh yeah, we've done this, we've done this, we've done this, we do this. Like look they don't give car. two shit this, about shits about that, right? It's yeah. like so the thing that I've learned and evolved with and honestly has has increased our retention as far as getting more clients to move forward is just shutting my mouth and yeah. letting the individual talk and asking good questions to flush out some truth, right? Well, holding so, holding back also your own like giddiness because right. you're like, I got this great thing. I got this great thing. It can help a bunch of people. It's it's so good. See it's my so shiny good. toy. <laughs> See my shiny toy. Look at my look at my candy. Look at my candy. Here's my pinata until you break it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Run away with all your candy and you got you, nothing. Right. So you know those are that's just you know like some some quick things that you know we've utilized over the last couple of years and gotten really you know, um, a lot more fluid and better with. Yep. Um, and then like we said, like if it's yes, yes, 
then we go to an evaluation. That might be a little different for you depending on what type of business you run, but you should at least have some sort of flow, right? So like the evaluation, just to kind of give you an idea of what we do, um, we make sure that we take a bunch of data. We put that data together after we take the information so we know what's... We have a plan going into something called our, our second part called the report of findings. So we have one hour where we take down information. It takes us about 20 minutes to an hour, depending on how complicated the case is, to put together a plan. And then we present the plan in an hour hour session or like anywhere between 30 minutes to an hour session to explain what it is that we want to do to see if we move forward from that point. So basically, do you make sure that you're not using buzzwords during this during this time. Make sure that you um, you know whether or not you need them to be all in or if you're okay with them having only part of the process or what type of time frame they're okay with. Because again, to move forward from that point where you're presenting your plan, I like to have it either you're all on board with the first part of the plan or we're not going to start it because it's a lot of work. Right. And I think, you know, the thing I want to really iterate with this part is the evaluation and the report of findings are two separate meetings, right? So when somebody pays for our evaluation, that cost consists of an hour potentially to gather information, taking a bunch of measurements, making sure we have full medical histories. And then from there, we take that information and we create what's called a mobility profile, right? Or um, it it really just gives us a roadmap gives, gives of, a plan. Of, of what we're going to do moving forward so yep. that when that individual comes back for what we call a report of findings, I can submit to them Here's the information that we gathered based on what you told me, based on my expertise as a professional, right? Mm -hmm. Here's what I recommend. Here's the course that I think this is going to go. Here's how long this usually takes me to work through issues like this based on my experience. What do you think? Yep. And then shut your mouth well, again. What would you and, like me to do? And then let them talk, right? Yep. They either may talk themselves out of it or... They might be fully on board. Hey, I'm ready to go. Great. Yep. Now we have a set roadmap. They've agreed to it. You've agreed to it. But what Keith said, you know, um, before is if that person, if you lay that information out to that person, that person starts saying, well, I'm willing to do this, but I'm not willing to do this. Or can we just do it this way and not do it that way? No, we can't. Like, are you going to... This is the initial step of, are we going to work together? Are you going to allow that client to dictate their treatment or their process to you? I thought you were the professional. Yeah, so this is your that's, process. That's where it comes down to like a term that Greg Mack used to say all the time, wimp junction, right? Yeah, that is like definitely wimp junction. Either you wimp out and you agree to do it the way they want, or you hold your ground because you know that's the best way to go. Well, what's the problem with with Wim Junction is the fact that look the way that they've that the, that your client or the the prospect has been doing things from here on to this point has got them where they're at. Like if your process could be anything different than what they already know, it may give them success because what they've done up to this point has led them to your door, which they're not having success with. Right. So let me reiterate the fact that like. What's what I really love about this whole process and the way we've set this up is if you think about it, right? I gave them an hour free, right, of my time for the consultation. We didn't take payment until we agreed yes, yes, right? Not salesy. There's nothing salesy about it. Hmm. I'm letting them talk. It's, a it's ninety it's ninety ten, yeah. right? They agree to pay for the evaluation. The evaluation then covers not only the hour of the information gathering, but it also covers the second session, which is the report of findings. So now, if you think about it, I've got three hours of time into this client without Putting the time the, the that I together. put the binder together. Yeah. So potentially, I have four hours into this client that I've only charged them one fee for, mm -hmm. right? Once I present them in the report of findings with what I think, if we move forward, that's only the next time that money even gets brought up. Yep. So at this point, I've got four hours of time into this client that I'm showing them how much I genuinely care and want to help them. That you're investing in them. And that I've invested so far in them 
for them to figure out whether or not they feel like, number one, they can either do it, or number two, whether or not it's even a place, you know, whether that they they're see gonna them. invest their time and their money in you. Exactly. So it, by the time that person says yes, or by the time that person says no, it's definitive. Yep. It shouldn't be a, well, I, I, maybe, no, yeah. I don't know. Like, again, that's where you need to, as the practitioner, say, you know what? I know it's a big decision. And if you don't think that this is something that you can do right now, you know what I'll do. I'll save this information for the next couple weeks. But if I don't hear from you, I'm going to just take it and I'm going to shred it because I'm going to assume that you're not going to do it and this isn't for you and that's yep. okay. And I won't have any more of your personal information laying around my office. Is that okay? Well, and plus it's going to change anyways within a couple of months. Right. You know, it's like you're not the same person a month from now than you were, especially you're like, what if you got in a car accident two days from now and all of a sudden you got a whole bunch of new problems. It's like, well, you can use the old profile to like say, this is the way we should go. No, you need to have up-to-date information so you can make great decisions. And, and like, just to, just to get to the last point really, really quick, um, the overview customer touch points. And that is basically what happens at each moment when a prospect contacts you. And you should have a really good idea of exactly how that would start. It doesn't have to be line for line or verbatim, but you should have emails that you can cut and paste and just basically tweak very slightly. So you don't have to write the same email over and over and over again. You should pretty much have an idea of how to take or conduct your phone call so that in 15 minutes you can get off the phone and like see whether or not someone wants to stop in for a consult and explain to them what's going to happen at that consult and that um, you need contact information to email them um, how to get to your place with that email that can then show them uh, the steps that are going to happen for the face-to-face. And lastly, when you're going through this, you know, make sure that you don't use buzzwords and complicated terms uh, that are the vernacular of your field, they're regular people. Like when you go and you get your car fixed, do you really want people talking about like, this is your alternator and this is the flux capacitor and here's the blah, blah, blah. Like it's all. And then you just shake your head like you know what the hell they're talking about. They could be showing me the air filter (laughs) for like your house and I wouldn't understand like that it wasn't from my car. Right. Like here's your here's your cabin filter. Do you want this changed for like a thousand dollars? Did I have my cabin filter changed like last time I was here? Of course you did. It needs to change like every three months. Right. Like, no, it doesn't. You no. know, and, but it's still I wouldn't know any different because it's the vernacular of something that I don't understand, which makes me feel not okay. You want your people, your potential clients and your prospects to feel okay. That's the whole point of it. Right. And I think just wrapping things up, you know. The idea again is you have to sell. You have to or you're going to have you're going to end up closing your doors. So, you know, trying to come up with something that you feel comfortable with that you don't feel potentially is too salesy, but you have to have some kind of system. Our system, the way we've created it through, you know, classes we've taken, books we've read, all comes down to not only what we feel is best for us, but kind of fits our business, fits our personalities, fits the things that we're comfortable with in asking our clients, this might be something that, you know, you feel is a little, you know, non-aggressive. Maybe you feel this is super aggressive and you need to pull back. All we're saying is this is the outline that we're currently using that's really taking our business to another level outside of us just winging stuff. Um, And it's reproducible. It's something that I can bring an employee in, onboard them, teach them how to run this process and they can go through it Have just like I was sitting yep. there right next to them. Yep. So, you know, that's where this becomes really, you know, something that you can mold to be your own. It can be slightly different. It can be very similar. It can be completely different. Yeah. But you should have some sort of process. Well, I mean, that's that that hits it. That basically says it all. You know, <laughs> wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Actually, I do have to pick up the kids in like two seconds. But um, next week. Uh, look forward to an interview with Sam Cayucci. He's actually, his whole business is sales. So we're interviewing Sam about something called One Huddle, which is a pretty awesome looking drag and drop tool to help your team 
with sales and possibly even yourself. So um, for more, go over to bizbody.net and sign up for the newsletter. Uh, We send out free tools and workflows that go with some of the shows. Um, Also, please go to iTunes and give us a five-star review if this podcast has helped you, which I hope it has. And please leave a comment, a positive comment, um, so other people can help find the show. And if you ever want to check out our practice, go over to body-activation.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. 